0: borrowing Paul's own words, dear friends in Christ, grace and peace be unto you, from God our Father, from our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ, Amen. Now like any good rabbi, Jesus had been laying out for his learners, his disciples, the ones who wanted to follow him and be more like him. A set of instructions, his vision for where they would go and what they would do, and the kind of greeting they might expect. Some of the things that might happen along the way. And in today's Gospel reading from Matthew, we finally reach the end of these teachings on discipleship. Jesus hadn't pulled any punches either. If you've been here the last couple of weeks, you might note that we've talked clearly about what Jesus said would be the large, important, and demanding tasks of those who would follow, including you and me. In today's Gospel reading, Jesus makes it clear that this plan for this movement of Christ in the world is going to happen through you and through me. And we're it. I mean, look around you. That's it. As I've said, you and me. No plan B. We're to heal the sick. We're going to raise the dead, Jesus said. We're going to preach in the streets. We're going to cast out demons. In fact, we're going to do greater things than even Jesus did. Money, clothes, home, even family are going to take a back seat in this radical and risky commitment of faith. It had always been that way for God's people. Look back at that story that she read. The story of Abraham and Isaac. We can expect persecution. We can respect expect tough things. We should expect rejection. And then through it all, Jesus tells us to be fearless about it. But here at the end of this discourse on what it will mean to say yes to following Jesus, we find these kind of odd words about welcome and about hospitality. It's as if Jesus wants to remind us that discipleship is mostly a graceful thing. So those who've just begun to follow this Rabbi Jesus, now they're prepared to give up their homes and their families and their careers and their jobs to confront demons, to risk their lives and reputations in the street for the sake of Jesus' movement, for the sake of the Gospel. And then Jesus now says, even a cup of cold water, if you share it, That will do. And with those words, the followers of Jesus are urged to engage in hospitality, welcoming the stranger, offering something as simple as a cup of cold water. There's no surprise really. Isn't that what's been done for us? God reached out in grace and made somebody's Out of nobody's. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Loves us still. All of us were strangers and outsiders. Sinners. And we've all been brought into the family of God. Every one of us is a genetic descendant of Abraham and Sarah. All of humanity cut from the same genetic seed. So all of us shaped into a universal family of sorts. Everyone has intrinsic value. Everyone. A child of God. So could our following Jesus be as simple as offering a cup of cold water? <laughs> yeah. Now, I know that many of you who are here today are sincerely interested in working on becoming and trying hard to be a follower, a faithful disciple of Jesus. And sometimes our book of sacred writings seem to make that seem so radical and so remote, so heroic, so dramatic, practically impossible. I look at that story of Abraham, (laughs) I think. I don't know if I got it in me. And I know that a few of you have even gone so far as to ask yourselves, what can I do to show the world that I'm a part of God's kingdom? That I love Jesus and I'm a faithful follower of Jesus and I'm looking for ways to live that out. Well, here's an answer to that. It's something everyone can do. Show hospitality. Any merciful, graceful act of kindness that reveals to others the love of Jesus. That's what we're talking about here. And perhaps the one who notices won't be the recipient of the kindness, but it'll be somebody just looking on, observing you, watching you. You know, it's the I'll be watching you. So don't knock hospitality, folks, the simple things, because it matters to Jesus. It says so right here in this Scripture. It's no small thing in a nation of strangers in a culture in which walls are built between people for privacy's sake. I mean, think about it. I'm confronted with it every day. The on-ramp on most any corner, where you're forced to stop. Our hand goes on the buttons. (laughs) We lock down. We try to avert the eyes. Persons of another economic strata, there they are on the curb, or on the island next to our car. We sleep behind bolted doors and alarmed houses. We turn off the coverage of more global disasters and say things like, I can't take any more bad news today. We turn up the music to drown out the needs of a hurting world before we get numb to it. We know well the fact of starving children and those lacking access to reasonable health care. We know about all the hurt. We know all their tragedies. We know the hunger that numbs us. And to be sure we are aware that the the world is full of scam artists. huh? Those who work the system. Those who play on our sympathies. They even invade our emails. And they call our cell phones. And they ask for money. This is your grandson. I'm in Namibia. And... Could you send me some money? Scam. We live in a world where bad things happen. A world in which sometimes strangers reveal themselves to be our enemies, where they will harm us. And so we rightly teach ourselves and one another to be careful and to be wise and to be smart. And so this call to discipleship is not a call to be stupid. We have to protect ourselves and those we love. It's always been that way. As recorded for us in the book of Acts, think of what took place for some who had been among the first to follow Jesus. Think about it. John was beheaded. Judas committed suicide. James, who many think was the brother of our Lord Jesus, he was killed. Mary Magdalene was shunned. Stephen was stoned. Paul was imprisoned. Peter was arrested and eventually he was executed. And in that kind of a world, we are called to welcome and be hospitable. It's not always that simple, is it? Takes on potentially larger consequences. It involves a little risk. Always has. It always will. (laughs) I know some crazy people out here in the Christian community who hang and sort clothes at a nearby nonprofit store that gives them away to people who have a need. You're nuts. I know a couple of you who at that same store walk hand in hand with clients around that store to find what it is they need and what might look good on them. Total strangers, very different from themselves. We have other disciples of Jesus here who work in their kitchens creating meals For those who are outcasts and strangers and homeless and hungry, those who live on the fringes and they do it all in Jesus' name. You're crazy. I personally know nurses and doctors and medical students who are touching and cleaning and caring for those who can't do it for themselves. And they do it for free at clinics. At churches. Some of you wild and crazy disciples, you, you provide funds for us. For those of us who are out there in the world who, who run into people who have a need. Who need help with rent. They need help with transportation or medical expenses or utilities. And we can do that because you make it possible. We do it in Jesus' name. Some of you disciples of Jesus are so bold to, in your craziness, walk up to someone here at church and actually look them in the eye. Introduce yourself. And you learn their name. And you remember it the next time you see them. You get to know them, their story. and You welcome them. of cold water. Why is this happening? Why do you do that? I can tell you that it's not because people earn that kindness or this attention or because we've checked out their sincerity and we know that they're good for it. We do so because our Lord and Savior commanded us to welcome and to serve. Simple as that. In an uncaring and a cynical world, a world where many receive only rejection and anonymity, your little unspectacular acts of kindness, your generosity, your welcome, it all matters to Jesus. Hospitality makes all the difference in the world, Jesus said. Think about this. You may be the only sign of God's love and grace that a person in this world ever experiences. That's on you. Paul said he was fully unashamed of the faith that he had as a follower of Jesus. He goes on to say that there's no difference between us in humanity. No difference. All from the same seed. All have sinned. All have fallen short of the glory of God. All of us stand in need of God's blessing and God's forgiveness and grace. I'll tell you a story about a church conference I went to. guy. I hate those things. (laughs) I remember a group of colleagues and a few lay leaders went out after one of the sessions, went out to dinner. These were pretty close friends, pretty close colleagues. You could be who you are. And one great old saint of the congregation, I remember his name was Mickey, he welcomed the waitress who was serving us at this very large table for this group. And when the food was brought to the table, Mickey paused and said that he'd like to say the prayer. And he asked the waitress to join us. And I thought, oh my gosh. It was embarrassing. So I closed my eyes and Mickey thanked God for the blessings of that day. And he asked God to bless the food and the friendship at that table. And then, with that tired, worn out hand of the waitress wrapped up in his own, (laughs) I know because I opened one eye. I was so embarrassed. He had her hand wrapped up in his and he prayed something like this. God, we thank You for our waitress tonight. For the way she's caring for us and serving us so well. If there's anything hurting, he said, if there's anything hurting her, any place where she needs healing, grant her Your presence and Your love in the same way that she's been so gracious us this evening. Amen. I was still embarrassed. And I looked through my one open eye at this waitress and she had tears streaming down her face. And with her hands still bound up in the circle, there was no way she could wipe them off. And she looked at us and said after the prayer, thank you. Today's been a Terrible day. Nothing in my life has gone well today. Nothing's going right. How did you know? (laughs) Now, of course, Mickey didn't know. Maybe he did. Maybe he knew that we all need a hand to hold once in a while. A cup of water. Someone to share a moment with. A little prayer offered up on our behalf to drive away the darkness, destroy the isolation. How about a smile? Look around you. What do people need next to you? Hospitality. A way to become part of this movement which is to bring kindness and care and mercy to the world in which we exist. This vision of Jesus where His followers provide a place and a means by which grace is poured into the cracks and the fragments of people's lives. Folks, we are called to live differently in a world of disconnectedness and numbness. And isolation. Now I can't say for sure that I know where your faith is going to take you this week. Or tomorrow. Or even today. Or in the weeks or months or years ahead. But I do know that hospitality ought to be the hallmark of God's people. It always has been. should be still today. I do know that hospitality matters to Jesus. It matters if your greeting of a stranger is cold or insincere. It matters if the coffee we offer here is nasty. (laughs) Or the water lukewarm. It matters. It matters if our signage is poor and someone who's on this campus for the first time can't find their way. And no one talks to them. It matters. If the sanctuary is too hot or too cold or uncomfortable, it matters if no room is made in the pew because someone won't scoot down. (laughs) It matters. And I'm here to break the bad news to you that your good hospitality won't get you into heaven. Jesus has already taken care of that. But remember the life that God promises to bless. Remember that hospitality done in the name of Jesus preaches a sermon that's louder than words. It may cost you time. It might be risky. It might cost you money. It might cost you involvement. perhaps the neighborhood church could become known for that. For being a place where all are really welcome. Where all will discover and experience and celebrate and share the love of Christ. Hmm. I guess that remains to be seen, doesn't it? Amen.